like surgery season, I'm very exciting. <laughs> oh my god. Just a second, you're very low. Let me see what. Well, okay, I Ooh, have this tiny shit. little. T- what? Sorry, nothing. False alarm. <laughs> but just in case. Shit. <laughs> oh, you just got very bright. Me? Well, your screen changed. Probably a white screen, but. Well, I am pretty bright. You, well, I don't it, know. Is that, I thought this is why we we're doing the uh, podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you saying I'm dim? No, honey. No, no, oh, no. I would never say it. <laughs> right. You would just think it and imply it. Okay. What What am I doing? What do you, I don't know. You look like you're really intent on doing something. Everything is fine. I, what are you doing? <laughs> I, okay. Okay. What, what, okay. What I'm going to turn you up a bit, but I'm, oh yeah, and turn you on. Um, Do I sound okay? Yeah, fine. Okay, I turned you up and I'm liking what I'm hearing. See, it's nighttime where you are not me. That's that's right. Mm. I have, yeah, anyway, I I don't. Mucus, yeah, we know. Will it ever end? Will the mucus end? <laughs> Will the mucus end? I have a four-word question for the universe, and I want an answer. Wait a minute. Wait. Deb? Yeah. What can I do for you? Take do my you mucus just, away. Do, do I have to spell it out? listen to you? Do you want me to offer advice? How is it that you want me to deal with the situation? I'm here for you. Hmm. Well, Okay. Well, you kind of caught me off guard. I don't know what I want. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, do I have to solve the problem too? It's not enough that I have the problem. I have to give the solution for someone to give to me back. I mean, don't you think I would give the solution to myself? Well, sometimes when someone's in need, mm-hmm. as you are. Are you saying I'm needy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah go I on. said nothing. <laughs> sometimes people interject when they shouldn't. So I'm stepping back and I'm here to listen. You okay? Okay. Okay. Who are you and where is my friend, Chris? I need... (laughs) Your friend, Chris, is editing her episode of Ben. So I'm trying to... Oh. I'm trying to work on my response instead of saying, Deb, suck it up and just not. Believe (laughs) me. (laughs) All I do is suck up mucus. (laughs) It's all I do all day, every day. If there was a job (laughs) called mucus sucker upper, I would have it. In fact, I mean... rich. (laughs) I would be rich. Okay. I, I don't know what I want. I just want it to go away. I want my head to be clear. I want my eyes to not be red. I want my nose to not run. Um, that sounded like a green eggs and ham kind of. <laughs> wow. Watch Sally run. Watch <laughs> Deb's nose run. <laughs> That'd be a great good book. I, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll just use my, I'm sure it's just allergies, Deb. <laughs> when will the mucus stop? <laughs> Is what, no. Look, your Mm. body obviously has some, it needs to rid itself of something and it is finding this the most convenient way to do it. For whom? (laughs) It's for you. You just don't realize it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I do not. I think that my body needs to connect with my mind and my soul, you know, the mind, soul, body connection. Uh, And there needs to be like a, um, like a consensus. It's like, this is buggy. Can we do this in a way that makes us all three of us happy? And Deb. Probably not. But when you said that, do you know what just came to my mind? But <laughs> Did you squirrel? ever get that candy, candy on Halloween? It was a little piece of, 
of a skeleton. Mucus. <laughs> no, it was a little piece of the skeleton. You start talking about your body and my head just went there. They mm. were little candy sugar pieces of skeleton and it came in a little coffin and you had to take out all the pieces and try to put make a full <gasps> skeleton out of it. Do you remember those? Oh, I think I do. Now that's my Chris. <laughs> that's like, I don't give a shit about your mucus, yeah, but Halloween. La, 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 la. Okay, so yeah. now, so do you remember those? And they had little tiny, and inevitably yeah. you never could make a full one and if you did there was never uh the box wasn't big enough for two but always you were missing like a hand or something yeah <laughs> yeah yeah actually that's pissing me off too why couldn't we make a whole one <laughs> why didn't they just put enough in there to make one skeleton why was it like a jigsaw puzzle or like a uh a, yeah. a mystery game or like an Ikea thing that you, you know, have to put together and there's well, like it, either a missing screw or like five left over and you're like, oops, those should have yeah. gone somewhere. <laughs> I'm because sure it's fine. they wanted us to go and buy another pack thinking that maybe our missing hand was in there. The bastards. Probably. probably. And it worked. Actually, no, never. I don't think I ever, I don't know if I ever bought one. It was always like that treat at Halloween. Every now and then you were like right. excited if you got it inside the trick or treat bag. Yeah. Well, well, were you saying something? You no, know, no, a, uh, clearly nothing important, but it was enough to get you back. So, hey, how you doing? Okay, I just, Good. I, yes. I am all riled up. Oh, God, what? Oh, forgot to turn my phone off. Hang on, sorry, just a second. Oh, that's okay. Say hello from us. Yeah, because, you know, okay, I just don't want our listeners to think that I complain because... to turn us off because they're like oh for fuck's sake shut I've up got, shut up I've got my own problems Deb <laughs> Jesus people have like serious issues you know you're and right Deb has just, a runny nose <laughs> I okay you gotta understand it's more than just a runny nose it's this it's like this occupation of my entire head and I need my head I use my head believe it or not for a lot of stuff <laughs> It's like, I, do I always use my pinky? No, I don't. So if my pinky was bothering me, I could probably deal with that. Um, I have one toe that I can't feel after my last surgery. <laughs> he did fine. He was a great doctor. All went well. No worries. He It'll did. come back. He fixed the problem. He just created another problem. I did my physio. I was a trooper. No feeling in that toe. But am I bothered? Have you heard me complain about it? No, you haven't because it's a fucking toe. And I can walk using the other nine toes I have. And the, my heel and my ankle and the sole of my fucking foot. But I don't have another head. <laughs> okay. You feeling better now? Kind of. See, now I, I feel bad. What? Why? Because our listeners are going to think, oh, Chris is, Deb is so high maintenance. Look at Chris, how sweet she is. I'm glad you understand my pain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. Enough. Okay. Enough. Well, Stop the mat. Oh, did you, did oh, you want to say joking. something? I was going yeah. to, but forget Are you it. coughing? No. Get over it. <laughs> I wasn't. I actually just choked on some spit. Well, you'll be fine. I know. <laughs> Look, I want to just say that, as you know, I flew the other day on Play Airlines. Probably nobody has heard of this airline before. I was pretty <laughs> sure I was never going to hear from you again, but I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> but I was happy to hear you landed. Well, like, for all... And not our... abruptly, like you landed. <laughs> no. I, 
I haven't decided if I'm giving it 8 out of 10 or 7 out of 10. Let me see if I can decide. That's not bad. For those who don't know, which probably nobody knows, Play Airlines is fairly new. It's Iceland's version of Spirit Airlines, but for international flights. Okay, so those in the U.S., (laughs) stop rolling your eyes. It is a far cry better than Spirit Airlines. I don't even know what Spirit Airlines is. That's is that why an I said American? the US. Yeah. It's it's okay. the it's one of the original no frills. Right. Um, there was a British one. Um what's his name? Bran Branson. Oh, what the hell? Richard Virgin Branson? Virgin Express. That's not Oh, I think did, it was, was no it Express frills. like that? Something like that, but I could be full of shit. <laughs> because I, I well I've flown Virgin Atlantic and it was very nice. I don't know about okay. Express, but Okay. I've flown Spirit also. <laughs> I try never to do that again. Remember how we discussed Velcro on an airplane? Yeah. Pretty sure Spirit is like that. It's got Velcro. If it spares the Velcro, it might just dangle. And uh, and sticky notes. <laughs> and might sticky have notes. Some... Yeah. That's Spirit Airlines. Anyway, but Play yeah. Airlines was a far cry better. It was um, no frills meaning there's no TVs. Mm-hmm. There's no food except they come around. You know, you can buy the food. Mm-hmm. There, you pay for every piece of luggage imaginable. Okay, but the prices aren't bad at all. But an international flight this time mm. of the year may cost you between three hundred and three hundred fifty bucks round That's, trip. Um, <laughs> like that blows my mind. Wow, so, it's really cheap. So I mean, again, you have to pay for luggage and all those things, but it really wasn't a lot more. You would have you have to pay for a lot of those things anyway. Okay, so um, the flight left. It was a little late, but I can't blame them. Right. Uh, got on board. The flight attendants were very, very, very nice. Why, why can't you blame them if the flight? Because was it's late. usually not the airline. It's usually the airline. Right. It's normally the the. See, you see, you see how ready I am to pounce. You, wow. <laughs> God, I control your jets there, Chicky. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. So. Their flight attendants, super nice, like a little comedy over the airwaves to kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, seats, I'm going to give it. That was probably my uh, most uncomfortable seats. However. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Now, it wasn't horrible. I don't know. Uh, the seats. This is the first time I've ever flown, and I actually am wiggling the whole flight. Like, I just oh. felt like they were old. Yeah, they, I just wasn't comfortable. However, as you are aware, I might have had a little tummy issue. Mm-hmm. 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 And luckily for everybody it was just like a me problem it was just gurglies all hell but that was it it was just gurgly it was so internal it was loud gurglies it was internal gurgles i didn't bother anyone around me unless <laughs> they weren't wearing headphones but that was on both flights <laughs> so oh, i baby. that may have attributed to some of the discomfort and i did find that they were a little tight you could upgrade to it and i don't think it, i think if you upgrade to more leg room it wasn't a whole lot more yeah and it's uh, not your legs. So it sounds to me like you weren't, it was the actual seat, like the width and the, it, maybe the yeah, it just felt hardness like the, uh, or whatever. I think it was more like the hardness. I don't know. Yeah. But um, it wasn't terrible. You well, know, I could have paid double uh, <laughs> and got a cushier seat. Yeah. No. But we all know how I feel about paying double for something like that. So, yes. So, anyway, so that was okay. The, um, I, my one complaint was when you signed up with, the airline they were touting how everyone had plugs so you could bring your oh you could, devices. You could bring your devices right you know fi- I, my flight was i thought it was six and a half hours it was five and a half hours each one so oh. that was much better yeah uh, yeah and each so, one 
you had to take seven five-hour flights to get there. <laughs> well, when your seat is uncomfortable, you appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, normally, I like a straight shot, you know, sitting in a plane for 10, 12 hours. It doesn't <laughs> me bother too. me. I'm glad it wasn't this time. Anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. so here's my review. Mm-hmm. Flight attendants got a 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say in one sense, although they their food obviously was not cheap, mm-hmm. um, there was very few gluten-free choices one would have been a bag of olives it was really <laughs> tempting but <laughs> okay. a bag of olives people were, thank were, you were they pitted or not because that's to me that's like a deal breaker oh, they had to be pitted i can't imagine that they would want a plane full of pits because obviously the choice everybody's grabbing at them <laughs> <laughs> did they have the little pimento things stuck in them i don't know i didn't buy them deb oh. <laughs> The one thing I'm interested in, <laughs> and you can't answer my questions. <laughs> I'm going God. to say no to the pimento. I think that's more of an American thing or an Italian thing, but Ugh, I don't, never. you know, they were, they were green olives and that's usually where you find the pimento. Exactly. <laughs> that's why my, my mind went there. Anyway, thumbs down on the olives. How much were they? A bag of olives were? I think they were like six euros or something. And you know, it was a tiny little bag. They, I, you don't, you don't expect to get a bargain there. The food was not right. outrageous, but it wasn't right. cheap. Right. Definitely doable though. Mm-hmm. Not but I think in one sense it's not a bad thing because I people if they wanted it, they bought it. They bought mm-hmm. what they wanted and there wasn't mm-hmm. a ton of trash afterwards. All this food thrown away yeah, that I know. You know, when I they know. give you the food on the flight, most people pick up one or two things and throw the whole thing away. Yeah. Exactly. And so much plastic. I don't know, maybe they reuse some of that things, but even though like the whole world is supposed to become I mean, and I'm not the best like recycler, you know, climate conscious person, but I try to do at least, you know, the minimum, um, there is still so much packaging and wrapping and sorry, I know I'm interrupting you, but like I ordered like this online freckle maker for my daughter. It's like the size of a, as you, as you do from Italy, of course. Yes. And, uh, but yeah, it's the size of a mascara. It's a pen. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and it came in like an like Amazon box. Shoe- Yes, with like plastic and plastic and more plastic. Like, what was it going to break? Like, it wasn't crystal. Right. Um, and I just, I, I, I'm An angry. envelope would have covered it. Yes. You want me to infuriate you more? Oh, yes, please. Before I get back to my wonderful uh, review of Play Airlines, <laughs> I was in, I don't know if you know, it's TJ Maxx Home Goods. No. Okay, well, everybody else listening knows <laughs> TJ Maxx and Home Goods. Uh, I don't know what to compare it to. Even it's, Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably, just not yeah. Deb. <laughs> anyway, so they had some Halloween things. And I mm-hmm. went to go look at them like, oh, no, I'm sorry. We've we've taken them off. Like, they already obviously already took them out of the computer. All right. She's like, you know, those are going for the trash. <gasps> trash? I said, I, I, I looked at, first off, there's so many things. It's like, okay, so you have somebody who's looking at it, but you're going to put it in the trash. I can't buy it, but I can throw it in the trash. I wasn't going to buy it anyway. But, but she, I'm like, what? You're going to just throw them away? She, well, we donate a few things, but everything else just goes to the trash. Oh, my God. It doesn't get repackaged and brought out again next year. Oh. And so, or, believe or it or given not, to I was, like schools or rec centers right. or underprivileged i don't know what like classroom yeah like little joking. like why yeah. they throw it in the trash so then i'm at some other store the next day i've only been here two days but yet the <laughs> next day <laughs> you have been busy <laughs> oh yeah um i went into this other store well you get a lot to do after you get up at three in the morning and then you get the whole day out of you um and i got to this guy you know how you run across one of those people that just start telling you the whole life story and everything that's me actually uh-huh. I, i'm me the too. person <laughs> 
So this guy, he's in a store that sells like toys and calendars. That's their big thing every year. They put out calendar every like they usually hit the they usually that kiosk in the middle of the mall every Christmas that sells a million right. calendars. Okay. Well, they changed it now. They're inside of a uh, inside of a store. Okay. So, but they're not going to sell calendars this year <laughs> because we're not going to have time this year right we're just canceling <laughs> we're, 2024 we're canceling <laughs> counting days it's just gonna be right. one long <laughs> never-ending day exactly oh, sorry oh my god so i said something i don't know why it was only yesterday but we got on the conversation i said you want uh, i have a podcast oh, oh i know what it was we talked about funko pops and funko pops <laughs> Oh God, that was loud! Oh, oh, oh my God! You, but, but the, listen, it's a conversation you won't get into. But it was a conversation turned into Funko Pop for some reason. I don't even. I don't even remember the path of this conversation. But the conversation was that they took three million of their crappy Funko Pops because they don't sell, and they threw them in the landfill. Because they get a tax reimb, according to this guy, it could be completely wrong. I didn't investigate it. It's only it's less than twenty four hours. But he said <laughs> that I trust um, him. I do too. Yeah, he seemed very knowledgeable about the whole thing. We, um, Chris, we seem knowledgeable about things. So we're not. I don't to think we trusted. really fool too many people. I don't oh, think we fool yeah. too many. I think they're like, really? oh, they're learning too. <laughs> so he says they threw the three million Funko Pops in the trash to get the t- tax, <laughs> the tax abatement or whatever it is. Oh, Had they God. recycled the parts, which they could have to use for new ones, they would not. They would incur all the costs. Oh, it, oh, I know, because we got on the conversation of what do they do with all the calendars that don't sell? Because oh. he says they shred them, but they use them for the calendars the following year. Okay, that I can get on board right. with. And but... that's how we got on Funko Pops and how they what saved the company. The because... hell is a Funko Pop? You know I'm what sorry. the hell the Funko I Pop is? Don't... Okay, what? world. What? Deb, the, go go into public. Or any of those other stores. It's yeah. the, those little figurines with the big heads and the tiny bodies. They have them of uh, every TV show, every movie, every uh, character out there. Yeah, those are those Funko are called Pops. Funko Pops. Yeah. Hang on, I think I have to research. I have to Google that. But um, you, <laughs> she's ninety-seven, folks. So <laughs> how do I, how do I press this Google thing? <laughs> Funko. It's not Funko. Well, it's Funko. F U N K O. Okay. F U. A-K-U. Yeah, exactly. You. <laughs> okay. Why didn't you just say those little figurines with the big heads and the little bodies? I believe I did. Oh. <laughs> I must Listen have... to our episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but wait a second. Yes. There is no government incentive to Isn't recycle. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's if that like is true, which Greta is again, guy in um, Go Calendars and Toys knew what he was talking about. <laughs> Clearly, we like the guy. Right. Why would he? Why would you lie about that? What did he have well, to gain? How could it roll off your tongue? How could it roll off your tongue the way that it was rolling off his tongue? I mean, he was like, oh, wow. It was a conversation. Wow. So yeah. So, but it really right. irritated me in Home Goods that they mm-hmm. just throw it all away, except right. for the few things that was like cupcake liners or something like that that they would donate. Oh gee. What? I am gross, huh? <sighs> it's it's gross. I think it's gross, and which means. So for every time that we have to recycle our straw or now we have to drink out of paper straws, it's I, not us. 
Yeah. It's people like the big companies. We are a drop in the bucket. Yeah. All the consumers are a drop in a bucket compared to the companies. Yeah. Yeah. Bastards. Now, now. Now I you I thought I have... was riled up before. <laughs> <laughs> now I am. Isn't, all I could but... say is it's just gross. I don't know. I, I, that's the only thing that comes to mind. I'm like, that's just... It's that's horrible. So, that's disgusting. It's so hypocritical. Like, yeah. you, you know, you Everything and I, else. yeah, yeah. It's like you, they go to these big, like, I don't know, summits and climate change and this, that, and the other thing. And the simplest things that they could do, like, i.e., give an incentive to corporations or or whatever, they don't do. I yeah, just, or right. Uh, I I don't know. I should be running the world. You really should. So in the meantime, back to my play uh, airlines review. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, We need to settle down. I know. Speak for yourself. Okay. In case anyone forgot, 10 for the flight attendants. Right. Six or seven. I'm going to go six for the seats because I think even without the girly belly that I probably would have had a problem. I didn't find it comfortable. Yeah. Um. The lack of plugs that they said they had, it, I took two flights and neither one had it. And I had a problem. Like, I was, like, bouncing back and forth as to what was going to run out of, out of battery first. Because it's oh. a long flight. Nothing to look yeah. at. Yeah. But it, otherwise, you know, that was okay. okay. Uh, I kind of give a thumbs up to actually having people buy food versus uh, serving the food. So I'll give that a 10. Yeah. Even though the prices were low high. But what did you expect, right? I think and, you're right about that. Yeah. Options. It all yeah. boils down to options. I know. I can do without the food. Nobody really likes it anyway. I know. You, know? I, you should just have, you know, just have, again, it would be nice if it didn't cost a fortune, but what are you going to do? It's like, know, you know, you go to a ball game, your hot dog costs 20 bucks. I mean, it's, oh, how it is. it's ridiculous. You know, we, nobody eats the food, but I'm, I'm so excited when it comes though. Oh I yeah. Cause it's something to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we landed early each time. So that was Ooh. great, but I don't mm-hmm. know if I can thank them or if I can thank the flight, you know, the, the tower or whatever. Yeah. Because we but. blamed them for the delay. So maybe we should give them credit and balance <laughs> right. it out a little bit. Yeah. So all in all, I would definitely fly play airlines again. Wow. Uh, I would make sure that I, my battery actually ran out at your house and I charged it overnight and my cord was no good. So it never charged. So what? if I had a rechargeable, if I, my battery had been charged, I would have been fine through the two flights. Uh, you're talking about your phone a portable, or no, your a portable laptop? Battery. Oh, a portable like battery a power to bank charge. Or whatever. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to get riled up again. But what I do have a stink with is once again, Mm -hmm. people, I have had that extra security search. Good Lord. Like 20 plus times. Every time I fly, my name gets picked. And it's always when I fly alone. Never with the kids. Oh no. I think one time with the kids too. Always, always. I mean, for the love of God in the computer, did you find anything? No. Has she any problems? No. I mean, how many times can you pick the same person? Everybody in that line was like a grandma, uh, a teen. There was two teens that were on a trip for a science competition. And they, I don't know if they missed their flight. They only had minutes before it took off and they had to go into the security thing. So I don't know if they held the flight or not for them. And the person who was representing them, you know, the, Mm -hmm. had to stay with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Everybody in there, there's not one person I think they found anything on. Literally. I mean, Every single time I fly, it and the code word is this, four S's on your plane ticket. If you have a plane ticket and you see at the bottom there's four S's, you're going to have an extra security check. Really? And it was on mine, and I, I, like, I didn't actually look at uh, my boarding pass. Had right. I looked, I would have known. But, yeah, oh, I am so tired of it. And the one S's. in Iceland took long yeah. time. I mean, most of them, it's like, what? oh, come over here and we'll look. Yeah. Off you go. Have a nice day. 
This one you had to wait in a room. Then you got taken oh. into separate areas. Oh they were very God. nice. I'm not saying they weren't nice. They were very nice no. about it. They're very polite and very courteous. And they were, yeah. you know, very pleasant. Iceland. Yeah. But, um, and I'll be honest, I kind of had hoped for a layover in Iceland. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you were kind of hoping for a cavity search. Well, <laughs> he was a good looking security guard. I'll tell you that. He was a little bit older. Older, still probably younger than me. I but love how you always a- say that. A little bit older. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he was a good looking guy he oh, was nice. a, a which is not usually who you get um and you actually it's odd because usually you get a woman if you, i was gonna say but okay. no all in all like i said i i don't know how tsa chooses them they really should be a little more selective because every grandma i mean you get old people shuffling through <laughs> you're like what on earth? i mean there's a possibility yes but yeah i think a slight possibility oh my so, god um, Deb yeah this yeah. was gonna be a quick intro yeah uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't was well done no but it was no. awesome I know it was awesome it made me feel much better I'm mucusless Good. wait till you know what's gonna make you feel even better tell me it's part two of Ben's episode I know I love Ben's episode I know he was so good and he's yeah. it's really funny this time I mean you know so you know I edited it but <laughs> I edited, but to be fair, he really doesn't have much to edit out anyway. You know, I know. You know, it's usually Deb and I going, you know, yeah, going, yeah, yeah. We are super excited to share part two of our Ben interview. We hope you guys are liking him as much as we liked interviewing him. That was the best Saturday night I've had in a long time, and that's that's very sad, but it's the truth. Thanks, Ben. a tiny bit of a flirty subtext and not in any kind of inappropriate way though i do have a song that's not in the one man show it is in the full length show that's very raunchy r&b number (laughs) where the the patients are all lusting after the caregivers um which is a real thing for sure i bet it really is oh my god oh my god because you know when you're old everyone who's taking care of you is younger and probably better looking than any of your peer patients. Um, you have nothing to lose really by flirting a little bit, you know, that's right. They're the paid time. to be nice. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Mr. Johnson, you and your compliments. Uh, but anyway, so there's a little bit of that where um, this is where I wrote myself in. So I, I have a very lively personality in a rather subdued fashion sense. So it's like five pairs of target khakis per week on rotation to keep them clean. That's, and then the, the button down, Listen, you know, old dress Navy. Yes. Yeah. But I know what to wear. Yeah. Remember a belt and shoes on a good day. So like the, the character on, on stage, he teases him for like, He's like, those pants aren't doing you any favors. And, and, and I'm like, it's sensible. They're, they're beige and sometimes tan or khaki. Um, so like, there's a little bit of that. And, and that's, you know, the, 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 the best compliment I've gotten from my playwriting, someone said, it's a little bit Neil Simon and I'll take it and quote mm-hmm. it to the, yeah. to the rooftops. Um, 
even if it's a little bit, but it's, it's meant to be playful and lively because mm-hmm. that elephant in the room is the specter of everyone's mortality, right? right? We know that these patients who we're laughing with, we, we get to hear these beautiful songs, the monologues that are, mm-hmm. you know, chorus line style, they step up from the bed and deliver mm-hmm. their story in three or four minutes. And so wow. we're, we're falling in love with them in the first act, even as we know we might have to say goodbye to them in the second act, as I promised in our opening number, right? That's, <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's yeah. built into the structure and it's also built into the real life version of, of the play. Right. You know, when we meet people mm-hmm. to go from the light to the heavy here, uh, as is my custom, jazz hands. Yay! Um, but to go from the light to the heavy in the real life version of our play, and let me see if I can quote from my opening song, um, you know, whether you're married or you got no ring, the lowliest pauper, the loftiest king, we all got to die. We all got to <laughs> yeah. die. Wow. And, um, you know, you see this in the pop culture. I don't know if you notice this because... Deb does no pop the... culture. Have you met oh, yeah, her? I'm not so good about pop <laughs> okay. culture, but try me. <laughs> Have you heard of the Queen of England? She died a few years ago. Oh, she and... died? <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, no. No, no, did, I'm kidding. Did I the do. news get to Canada? <laughs> <laughs> I saw yeah, more running too across the bottom. Into the Canada yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm sorry, Deb. The ticker tape. I didn't read it's that. It's because I know you're a peaceful nation. You're <laughs> unlikely to, to, to retaliate. retaliate. Yeah. <laughs> What was I joking about? Jeez, come on, bring me back there. Uh, pop culture. Yes. Okay. Queen so the Elizabeth. queen. Thank you. So I'm a music teacher and I work with kids and I teach them, you know, there's a big thing. Little kids are supposed to be quiet in the hallway, but yes. they want to say hello because they're like, oh, a grown up I know. So yep, I say, right. do a queen's wave. Right. <laughs> elegant. Yeah. Yeah. Be out. And sometimes I'll go like, I'll put the finger on the lips and I'll mm-hmm. say, like do the queen's wave. <laughs> so when the queen died about a year ago or so, yeah. Hashtag didn't hear that episode. Um, <laughs> I was still doing the queen's wave, and then my daughter was like, "Daddy, you can't do the queen's <laughs> wave anymore. Yeah. She died." She's and I'm like, dead. "No, it's <laughs> immortal. It's, it's a right. gesture that will be the queen's wave forever. It's ours oh. now." Exactly. She, she bequeathed it to us. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I could she bequeathed right. it. The corgis um, are now for everyone. Can I ask um, a question? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Please. Well, and uh, uh, last point about the, yeah. the, the kids connection. I also teach to my music students that no one lives forever. We all die, right? That's mm-hmm. part of living. However, <laughs> famous musicians kind of live forever. And I say, who here currently listens to the music of Michael Jackson? Right, yeah. Who here currently loves the music of the Beatles, half of yeah. whom are no longer alive? Right, right. Right? Yeah. And, and you know, like, that's kind of exciting about being an artist and a creator. It's an attempt right. at immortality. You can make your imprint on the world and maybe yeah. your beautiful stuff will outlive you. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of exciting. And... I feel like that's part of the public conversation, whether it's the queen, maybe mm-hmm. the queen we couldn't relate to because she was the queen, the you know, queen. but like yeah. the queen, capital T, capital Q, Chris, right? <laughs> um, but like, 
I don't know. Um, so my wife is a few years older than me, so she's really into the '80s music, and I'm more oh, into the '90s music. We um, like, but her. like so when where is Prince she? died, yeah, yeah. where is she <laughs> right now? I, we thought we were interviewing her. Yes. <laughs> okay. And everyone thinks that when they interview me, she's like, "Ben, you can do the interviews. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave now." Um, pretty much nothing she'd less rather do than talk about herself for more than an hour. I'm like, oh. "Sign me up." Yeah. With um yeah but like when prince died Mm. she was like holy shit yeah and chris like (laughs) when he died not an old man right same with michael jackson Mm -hmm. in fact it's often more surprising when rockers make it to old age like mick jagger holy crap how's he still doing stadium shows keith richards right right yeah no so like but it's a little bit of the conventional wisdom that hard living rock stars often die young, entertainers, mm-hmm. comedians, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when they die, all of a sudden, this forbidden conversation about mm-hmm. mortality and death and dying blows up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you hear all these talking heads on TV like, like, I can't believe he's gone. And then someone else is like, yeah, but he did live that way. And then we're like, yeah. And it's... <laughs> I'm not passing judgment on it because clearly I'm a person who, unlike most, I've spent a lot of time, like the thousand clinical hours, like the hundreds of thousands of hours to write and refine this play and perform it. Like I'm deep in it. Mm -hmm. But for normal people, Mm -hmm. you're right, Deb. Most people don't really want to wrestle with their own mortality or even, God forbid, forbid, the mortality of their loved ones. And yet when our hopefully older relatives get to that point. Mm -hmm. If we're still connected with them, we get to walk that journey with them. Mm -hmm. If we are blessed with a loving relationship into old age, our spouse or significant other, Mm -hmm. we're going to be walking that journey with them. If God forbid we are a parent who has to deal with the illness of a child. Oh, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. That happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's an adult child or a child child. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is part of the the price and the bargain mm-hmm. of all of the amazingness of love. Yeah, you're right. It's the absolutely. pain of losing yeah. it when it's done. Yeah, um, absolutely. So that that is something that um, all of us as people who love other people have to deal with. Um that eventually we say goodbye to them, whether in the course of a relationship that ends or if the relationship lasts to the end, then it's, we say goodbye at their burial. Um, that's, that's tough reality folks, but um, it's also um, wonderful. He well, says with a little bit of a shrug. It. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. I was going to ask. Afterwards. Well, I'm just thinking it more to the point, like your musical deals with the inevitable. If we all learn how to deal with the inevitable, you know, face it as for what it is, you know, it's a fact of life. It is going to happen. Maybe it helps us prepare ourselves to say goodbye to loved ones or to, you know, help care for the other ones and think, you know, I hope so. I really do. If, if there is a particular mission, (laughs) I mean, I try not to be too didactic and I think my earlier drafts had, too much. I was just mm. trying to put every lesson I'd ever learned right. about hospice and chaplaincy and death and dying in there. I had to cut mm-hmm. it down some, but there is a a big lesson that we're all in this 
journey together with a yeah. limited time frame, and yes. that makes it precious. It's probably the only fragile. thing we all have in common. That's right, the, death in, and taxes. Yes. <laughs> you can even evade your taxes. Okay? Yeah, if you want to get move enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that I would know books. anything about that. But I did want to say, though, again, it's it's a paradox because if I'm reading a book right now and I'm trying to remember, but he, he the, the author said that he's often thought about what he wants to be written on his epitaph. And it yes. was, he died while he was still alive. And oh. it is Ouch. perfect because That's beautiful. I beautiful. Yeah. yeah, because like I think, and he again was sort of when he got into explaining this, it was like we should all be living as though we're dying in the sense that I better do this. I want to do this. I wanted to do this. I wanted to see this. I wanted to tell him I loved him. I forgot. I want to hug him. Do you know? Like not not in in a way like oh my god I'm dying and you know to become yes. obsessed, but like we should all be living like it's our last day. Um, yeah. and having Mortality those conversations and gives us uh, a little bit of urgency. Absolutely. Well, and perspective. Well, yes. don't you think, I think I've heard that line, not exactly yeah. put that way, but a lot ever since COVID. Oh yeah. Um, like sure. It feels yeah. like the, like the, the, the tables turned and now everyone's talking about, you, oh, know, COVID. you know, it's time to go live kind of good time. You know, you oh, never know goodness. when your next day is get out there, go do what you want. Yeah. You know, we all thought it was the end office. of the world at first. We thought it was like an Armageddon kind of thing at first it for felt, me anyway. It felt yeah. like it. it and, did. and you know, it was, um, this is my second time in 24 hours. I'm quoting my personal friend, Chucky Dick, Dickens, Char I guess some people call him Charles. Oh, that um, dude. Yeah. It that was guy, the best yep. of times. It was the worst of times. Right. So COVID was, COVID was horrible for me and most live performers and mm. creators mm. in a certain sense, right? We couldn't do the live show. Right. In fact, if you guys visit the website, lifereviewmusical.com, there's a great trailer and um, it has all this wonderful footage from our last ensemble show that happened about a month and a half before the world shut down. Yep. Mm -hmm. So for me in the short term, the COVID shutdown of live theater was freaking awful. And it was mm -hmm. devastating personally. I went through a depression. Mm -hmm. I was so sad because it felt like this project was just taken yeah. off. And then boom. Right. And by the way, I've heard this story echoed by many other creators who yes, went through right. this. Yeah, of course. The, the COVID pivot, though, was the best of times, right? I worked with this fabulous coach who said, okay, it's either it goes in a drawer or you find a way to produce mm. it mm -hmm. on screen. And that was the birth of the one-man show, which right. fits soup to nuts 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, it can be performed with me making sweet eye contact with that white <laughs> dot. Yes. I do all I can. <laughs> Learning how to do these gestures, but not make it feel like I'm going to poke you in the face. Right. Well, we aren't uh, in 3D glasses. We're good. 3D, exactly. The 3D version, I'm still waiting for the grant to fund that one. Um, 4D. That's oh, where it's at. It's that 3D plus smells. Um, oh. Yeah, no, maybe yeah. we don't want the smells. No, yeah. fun fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Your mind goes to so many places. I once had a very interesting conversation with the head of facilities at the real life hospice that is presented in fictional form on stage where I mm -hmm. worked. Center for shout out to Center for Hope in Yay. Scotch Plains, New Jersey. Woo. Woo. Um, and he said. If your medical facility smells good, mm -hmm. you have a very good facilities and housekeeping team. Yep. It's wow. like you walk into this place, it does not smell like 
anything except that's yes me. yes that's, oh and that it, means and so much a yeah. lot of people who walk into a a nursing home, especially mm. one that's understaffed, mm-hmm. there's an overwhelming, unpleasant odor. Yeah, I remember. Which, my yeah. which is, yeah. is difficult for the visitors, and I would say probably even more difficult for the residents and the workers. Oh, I would think so. It's I mentioned that a- as a tangent because it doesn't have to be that way. You just mm-hmm. need like really hard workers who are staff who are staffed at adequate levels and paid a living wage to do right. backbreaking work. But you can keep a hospice smelling night you nice. You can keep an elder care place smelling nice, despite the challenges. I digress. Um, <laughs> I think that that's was what like Florence a... Nightingale was kind of famous for. I remember that <laughs> from actually one of our episodes. Something I actually remember that she. Yes. Um, oh, Chris, it was about when we were talking about like was housekeeping part of the nurse. House. Oh, well, surgery or something like that it, during like they didn't it never occurred to them like to open the windows and have like a fresh like the, sorry they they thought that all illness and whatever was born from within like either you had too much blood which is why they did bloodletting or yeah. like yep. the, I, I can't remember some other bile and stuff like that and then they started to realize that um you know that the birth of infection and whatnot can come from outside factors they didn't know it could come from other people yet but they knew that they could be airborne let's say so the uh, concept of opening windows and having a fresh space and and recycling Mm -hmm. the air Mm -hmm. i think was her thing but now i'm washing your hands you know totally yeah yeah Yeah. and (laughs) nurses are often the ones who are most fastidious about cleanliness and leading the charge since they do literally the majority of the hands-on care for sure um while we're talking about famous nurses, I'll mm. give a shout out to Mother Teresa, not actually a nurse, but um, kind of worked in a nurse adjacent capacity with mm-hmm. the untouchables. Mm-hmm. Um, I often mention her as a spiritual role model mm-hmm. um, because the question comes up like, how do you do this work? I mean, we talked about it earlier in terms mm-hmm. of like being cheerful, mm. but it's not just like, putting on a smile to amuse and engage um, mm. residents. That might be mm-hmm. part of my toolkit, so to speak. Right. Um, but also, I, I've done sermons on this, by the way, like Mother Teresa taught about praying through your hands. Mm. And I think um, chaplains and certainly the whole hospice community live that through their work, right? We are not afraid of the seriously oh, ill and dying right we're going to engage with them mm-hmm. and be close with them and sit with them for extended periods of time because we understand yeah this advanced stage mm-hmm. illness is not communicable right. i mean if it is they're not going to be in a hospice setting they would right, be in right. a hospital exactly. right um, but even if you're in a hospital setting i'm not trying to impugn hospitals here but regardless mm-hmm. when you're a caregiver a medical worker and you do the work, I believe mm-hmm. it is a certain kind of holy work. Right. Um, I think during COVID, one of the upsides was how much people paid attention to the caregivers all of a sudden. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I not, went just, to... not just the caregivers, anybody who was a, what they eventually the essential got termed, workers. essential workers. Your cashier right. at the store, your delivery the guys, truck driver like who's bringing those clean right. living linens who make right. the facility smell nice. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, so, yeah. And I mean, he is risking his life too. Yeah, that was right. what was crazy about it. Yeah. Um, a whole new respect. 
I think for, sure. for these professions for sure. Yeah. So yeah. that was one big COVID upside was mm-hmm. paying more attention to our caregivers. The other one, which I guess had to do more specifically with my project is we discovered what my wife and a lot of other educators are calling COVID keepers. Mm-hmm. Um, things that we tried for a new way. And then now it's just a new, a new mm-hmm. thing that we do. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. I did not want to perform this thing on the computer. Right. I was kicking and screaming in these coaching sessions at 90 bucks a pop and Mm. like fighting with her for multiple (laughs) sessions. Right. That's expensive (laughs) obstinacy right there. Um, But she was so right because it's either take this and put it in the drawer or find a way to share. Absolutely. And so I performed this one man show for professional conferences for chaplain meetings for a big nurse actually the big nursing home i used to work at they put it through the closed um through the cable system Uh so like hundreds of residents could see the show in their rooms i I think yeah yeah Yeah. no i think it's amusing yeah and who knows how much what they got from it right you know yeah it's entertainment um even older people can handle heavy stuff yeah um, they probably they handle know. it better than anybody else well, does. we think they they're babies it. and that's just so wrong of us you know Good call deb yeah yeah older people are people too in oh, fact god i'll yeah. quote my uh former chaplain teacher rabbi jim michaels the first time i came across <laughs> funny little story this is um <laughs> working in elder care not hospice where the older people are less actively dying. And so you've got like activities and you've got friendship clicks and all the, the drama you have in high school, but old people. So I had a group of old women, um, let's say older, right. Slightly nicer. They would call themselves old ladies, but whatever. Yeah. Um, older, older residents, all four women, and they were dear friends and they used to play Scrabble. And then one of them did something Oh, and no. then she was cut out. <laughs> and they were like, we don't play Scrabble with her anymore. <laughs> and like, I love it. I was so sad about this. Yeah. And because to me, as like a 30-something, I'm thinking like, you're going to die. And it's yeah. lifelong yeah. friends. But to them, it was just like, that old coot, you know, we don't yeah. like her. <laughs> and I brought this up to, um, you know, the weekly chaplaincy class. And my teacher, Rabbi Michael, said... Oh yeah, I know those ladies. <laughs> like they used to two years ago, they were the queen bees of the entire fourth floor. <laughs> now now they're not as young, so they're not running the show, but they're and I just found this whole conversation mind-blowing because to the untrained eye, it's just another lady with a lap blanket in a wheelchair. But exactly. the point of the story is one, well, there's a few points. One right. Old people or older people, when given mm-hmm. the chance, have very lively social lives, yep. you know, yeah. platonic and romantic, it should mm-hmm. be said. They mm-hmm. do power moves with their care team, with their adult children. No, I don't want to see you today. No, you can't make my bed. Come back later. <laughs> yeah. People, yeah. or they're them. nice yep. and yeah. flexible. And what Rabbi Michaels used to say, and I think this finally getting to the good quote, is older people are like their younger selves, even more so. Right. That's so true. So, and if yeah. you think about those of you who are listening with aging, your aging parents, if you're like mm-hmm. feeling more and more aggravated, it's probably because they remind you of how they used to be, but more. But more. <laughs> well, and this is why they, everybody thinks that old people get grouchy and cr- cranky and not yeah. willing to put up with anything. 
Yeah. I mean, they might have been intensified. So they might bit. have been grouchy at a younger age, but now it's more. Yeah. Now they have more also, time. So to, to be, be fair, too. <laughs> getting yeah. old is not for the faint of heart. Right. And by <laughs> extension, sucks. um, yeah. You know, getting terminal illness is not for the faint of heart. So, mm-hmm. yeah, when we ask our loved ones to like be brave and be cheerful in the face of dying, I don't think that's like a reasonable expectation. Exactly. I think we should just visit with them where they are. So, if they're cheerful, cool. If they're grumpy, not surprising. Right. That's true. Um, yeah. So many things, though. Yep. Again, going back to toxic positivity and just, you know, yes. it's okay to not be okay, which, you know, I get a little bit tired of sayings when everybody adopts them and, and yep. they're used but it's so true like Super we are true. so programmed to 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 have a smile on our face and to be okay and then and that essentially te- is telling you don't allow yourself to process this emotion and that's absolutely catastrophic for your mental mm. health sometimes for your physical health i mean s- genuinely being able to see the positive side to something and to process something absolutely but not like oh come on you know stop this stop worrying get out of it get a smile on your face or turn that frown upside down just put a smile on you'll feel better yeah Yeah. you know and i i'm glad you brought that up deb um switching hats from chaplain to school teacher Mm. (laughs) i work at a progressive quaker school where we're pretty groovy and we definitely take time for feelings Mm, um and there's like a balancing act, right? Mm. Because you want to teach children to have feelings, mm-hmm. feel the feelings. Mm-hmm. And we also need to teach children who are people. Right. Um, that people need to find a way to gather their composure. Right. Yes. right. And so a technique that I learned from a colleague for a kid who's like rather weepy, you never mm-hmm. shame them for crying, but you say, you look like you need a minute. Take the restroom pass and go wash your face. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So simple. Right. So where I'm not even engaging with whether or not you should be crying. Right. Because that's irrelevant. Right. Exactly. I had a kid weepy the other day. What? Or or bringing focus to it, like saying, oh, you're crying. What's wrong? You just let them have the private moment. That buys into their drama and trains them to cry and get the attention. They get enough of that at home, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the tears that happen in our hospice setting or that happen when we're dealing with real life tragedies, um, let them fall and understand that they're part of the human experience. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the first time I ever shared a song from my play, um, it was... (laughs) For me, one of the scariest creative things I ever did, because I wasn't yet a real songwriter. Remember, I, right. it's my first musical, like right. my first podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was like at an educational conference, not even like a music conference. Um, mm-hmm. The song was the song that would become Will It Still Snow? So it's a ballad inspired mm-hmm. by a poem. Um, the idea is the, the person is imagining life after their death and will the world go on? Mm-hmm. So I shared this song. And I looked around the room. It was super quiet. And like half of the people were crying. Wow. And I said to myself, oh, <laughs> um, I've done something. Right. And a lot of nice feedback from the people. And the organizer, um, a, a friend and mentor named Sue Horowitz, wonderful mm-hmm. singer, songwriter, an amazing songwriting teaching teacher. Mm-hmm. She said, Ben, you've created something of great power here. Wow. I said, thank you. And she said, is there more material? 
Mm. <laughs> and I said, there is. She said, you need to promise me that you're going to keep working on it Aww. and then show me what you've got next year. Wow. And so that yeah. initial like encouragement right. um, was very important for me as a beginner songwriter. So all of you out there listening, if you have a song in a drawer or a play in a drawer yeah. or a painting on a hidden spot, I right. encourage you to be brave and share it with at least one other person um, because me. it probably is better than you give yourself credit for. <laughs> it's funny, um, Chris. I'm not sure if what Ben's saying is resonating with you as a podcaster because we, there was absolutely no reason for us to become podcasters, right? you know, <clears throat> and the only thing, I mean, there are several things that keep us going, but you know, it's, it's that comment <clears throat> you get from, well, you, I mean, you're a perfect example. Like you've actually sat. I'm an you, actual fan. You, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've taken the time. Like when we're done, I want to hear how this Chernobyl thing ends. <laughs> what happened Does, to that Chernobyl Does it have thing? a happy ending? Is yeah. there a kick line? Oh, wait, I'm, I'm confusing. Yeah, but Sorry. Like we appreciate that a, a, a human being with free will chose to press the play button 52 times. Like you, you had no obligation to do that. And there, you know, it's it's that's the kind of thing that keeps you going. I wanted to ask, well, two things actually, I guess I wanted to ask. One is do you feel like, and I want you to be honest, like, do you feel like you have a gift for this work? Because clear, it's to us, it's clear that you do. But do you, you know how, you know, not everything is about the the, the certificate you have or, or this, that. Like, do you feel like this was your calling, your purpose? Uh, you feel like you're in the right domain? I'll, I'll answer by first acknowledging the beautiful compliment, because I think you've Aww. implied or said in a circuitous way that I have a gift. So thank you. Absolutely. Um, to me, it's I feel like clear. <laughs> I've discovered yeah. that I have a gift for songwriting and playwriting, as well as performing the work, because I've now done it online and in person right. several mm -hmm. times and moved people. Um, but as a so I'm grateful as a for that spiritual gift. person, also, apart from the, the artistic part, but the, like the gift of essentially doing God's work, whatever God means to whoever on earth. Cause I think that's, kind I'll of say that, doing. that I feel very blessed mm -hmm. to have the talents that I have to mm -hmm. be able to, um, share these special moments yeah. with people and, and in all kinds of ways, right? Right now mm -hmm. I've mentioned that I happen to be a music teacher as my main gig. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm mostly a chaplain on stage in a fictional version. Right. But it has come to feel like the biggest spiritual work I'm doing right now mm. is presenting this project, which is very meaningful to people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm currently making arrangements, I should say, for different live appearances in oh, the coming good. year, including house concerts and partnerships um, with religious communities, even some universities, production companies. We'll, we'll see what pans out. Um, it is exciting to wow. be planting those seeds because mm -hmm. I know... <laughs> that there's something very special in this, in this work of art that I've created yeah. in, in collaboration yes. with some really fantastic musicians. Wow. And I know based on the laughter and the tears I've received right. in these different settings that it's affecting people. And I know based on the conversations I've had with the two of you today and with, with several other 
with others along the way that that the material mm -hmm. is inherently uh, meaningful and deep for people, right? That's that's Absolutely. obvious from go, yeah, yeah. Uh, from the start. Um, and needed, I think something like this oh, is needed. I, I yes. think so, and 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 I will tell you that. Um, yes, I have the gift of gab. I won um, senior superlative. I was most talkative and most opinionated. <laughs> uh, perhaps the two of you really? also won that. <laughs> I, by the way, I also won Teacher's Pet, and I declined the award. Oh, <laughs> I wow. thought that would get me just an honorary locker stuffing. Um, <laughs> hey, everyone. It's John. And Carlos. And you're listening to the Wrestling Fans Insight, where you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Pods, iHeartRadio, and much more every Sunday and Wednesday. But most of all, stay tuned to keep laughing and learning with Chris and Deb. At Today We Laughed and Learned. You are currently listening to one half of the greatest tag team of podcasts there are out there today. Once you get finished with this great episode, go on over on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, even over on YouTube and check me out, Ted the Hillbilly Hill of the Hill Truth Wrestling Podcast award-winning, critically acclaimed, number one in Antarctica, and I'm going to break down the bad guys, the villains, the heels of professional wrestling. And always remember, there's the real truth, then there's the heel truth. But anyway, this is to say, I have a lot of words. And um, what I've discovered in my adventures as a chaplain, music teacher, congregational cantor, playwright, songwriter sometimes these words can be incredibly impactful mm -hmm. for people to delight, to amuse, to entertain, to educate, maybe to move them to tears. Mm -hmm. And other times invoking that seem tomb lesson. Right. I have to work really bleeping hard to right. <gasps> pause. Yeah. Because yeah. that's a gift. Can you too. relate? That is a, that is a gift. Yeah. yeah that that's actually a skill. Is. It is. It's a and that's tricky, gift. especially, yeah. I mean, can you think of the last time I, I know, is Chris the one who schedules the surgeries instead of vacations? That's me. That's you, <laughs> Deb. Deb? Yeah. yeah. Surgery season is coming up, just so I'm, you know. Okay. I'm not planning any for the time being, but Trust you, me. who knows? So, Deb, have you ever had the experience where you tell someone about your latest surgery and what you really want is something like feel better? And they're like, one time I had a surgery and they're off to the races. Oh, God. Yes. I probably do so that to people, So this is so too. common and <laughs> yeah. it's incredible. A hundred percent unhelpful. Right. By the way, a song that got written but didn't make it to the musical was basically just built around terrible things to say to someone <laughs> who's dying. <laughs> oh um, my God, why and is it that was not so in there? Easy exactly. to write yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you work in hospice care and people say the most ridiculous oh, things oh, to you. Oh no. I mean, just because people are so nervous. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I've been in houses of mourning as a cantor, right? And I'm sitting with bereaved people. Oh. People still say things like he's in a better place. Like, not, no, no, he isn't. I want him <laughs> next to me in my bed. Yeah, like that doesn't help me. G yeah. God, God doesn't make mistakes to someone whose child was just oh, buried. Ah, oh, uh, yes, God did. Yeah, like yeah, fuck you. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. No, no, we're no. not allowed to cuss. You can bleep oh, that. Um, no, we're good. No, we're but good. but even Cantor's cuss. Um, yeah. But like, I didn't put that song in. But like, it was funny and painful because. The, yeah. the more taboo the topic, and I would say injury, death and dying is certainly in that taboo topic category, 
the worst people are at talking yes without stepping in it exactly um so here's a pro tip don't say very much right hug yep <laughs> when in doubt, yes. hug. or <laughs> i think there's a, a a much passed around the internet article i think came from the times originally that is new york times not ottawa times sorry um, <laughs> but it was basically like what to say when your loved one is struggling mm. and it and it's basically you begin with a question and mm-hmm. you say what would be most helpful and then you right. give them multiple choice mm-hmm. quiet listening mm-hmm. helpful counsel mm-hmm. hug Mm-hmm. exactly yep. no, no you're are, right that's, absolutely that's actually some pretty smart words because nobody thinks about you get in this situation okay on facebook Please. Somebody's passed away, right? And you mm-hmm. want to say sorry for your loss. You ever go right. punch it in, then you see that like the last seven people wrote right. the exact same thing. So you want to yes. be something a little different. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for your loss. Prayer emoji. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> but Prayer emoji. True. Sorry for your loss. Heart heart. <laughs> exactly. Like you don't All know of what these to work. say. You so know? Chris, I'm, I want to acknowledge with love that you are not alone in wanting to say the right thing. Mm -hmm. And I would say putting up a loving comment on a Facebook wall is totally okay. (laughs) But I would say also, if someone matters to you, pick up the phone. Make a call. This is usually people that it would be odd if I picked up the phone. Yeah, no, maybe not in that case. But like (laughs) people always ask me because, you know, grief is kind of a a topic. Mm -hmm. Um, And we deal with this in the play a lot, right? Our Mm -hmm. our hero, Rabbi David, in our opening scene, he's on his knees um, planting daffodils. That's why right. our logo has a daffodil. Oh, um, mm-hmm. And we learn that he's planting them in memory of his deceased parents, mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. of whom had died in the hospice facility not long ago. Mm-hmm. So being on your knees is symbolic. Mm-hmm. And it's also a hopeful metaphor. I'm into gardening. And mm-hmm. we know that God willing, after... We plant the the flowers in the fall. If -hmm. everything goes right in spring, they bloom. That's right. So the play actually follows that arc as a structural element. Mm -hmm. He's on his knees in the fall, and in the end, he's standing up and admiring Mm -hmm. the flowers blooming. Now, it doesn't eliminate the uh, heartbreak along the way, but it still feels like a hopeful sign. Now, were the daffodils due to, because aren't daffodils for cancer? I mean, cancer. cancer doesn't own daffodils. <laughs> I'm just wondering if that was kind of I working. believe there I is not. a big, Chris, you're not wrong <laughs> that there is a big daffodil fundraiser yep. that cancer charities do, but I'm going to object to the fact that Mr. <laughs> cancer has tried to and, steal one of the most beloved flowers on earth. <laughs> It's for everyone. No he already taste, you can have a daffodil. You can he have diabetes and daffodils. So you could have heart attack yeah. and and daffodils. <laughs> daffodils for all. Yeah. Did now, anybody ask the daffodil? What you exactly? Know, yeah. Seriously. Maybe that's the next musical. Yeah. <laughs> Did the, the garden comes to life. I was actually looking to do a bird feeder musical. I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh. That's going to be children's play and we'll have all the different birds. There will be a squirrel who feels like <gasps> oppressed because everyone's trying to shoo him away. And he's like, I'm hungry too. Yeah, that and is then horrible. there's a, a mean human, oh. loosely disguised version of my father who used to like chase after the squirrels like, oh, get away, the squirrel. i think just last week weren't we talking yeah. about that in the opening about how 
No, the squirrels can eat out of my bird feeder. I don't care. Yeah. Exactly. See, this shows that I wasn't all the way caught up. <laughs> right. No, I'm yep. telling the truth because I keep referencing episode 52 Chernobyl, That's right. <laughs> not 70 something. Right. That's right. Um, I could have just skipped to the end of the book, right? But right. yeah, it didn't feel like earned. The fact yeah. that you sat through things like the molasses flood. Oh, and- God. And Duran Duran. Comic gold. And- oh, because God. it's like. It's so spe- okay. It is so spectacularly slapstick. <laughs> like I can't imagine a funnier, deadly natural disaster Aww. than a molasses explosion. Aww, you need to most things Boston. that kill you aren't that funny, but that's hilarious. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one in time. Have you been How- to Boston? Um, I have, <laughs> and I didn't smell the molasses. You know, I've been to Boston many. I don't smell it, but they say it does. I've had people say, "Oh no, I smell it." You know, I'll just the wrong the day, judge I guess. Of that. I've, I've been never told been. that um, regardless of your actual power of smell, that smell has a particularly deep connection to memory. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but like I have a memory of stepping off the plane in my childhood for, I'm guessing it was Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. And like experiencing the smell of like tropical, mm-hmm. humid yep. Yep. something mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you get mm-hmm. when you go to Florida for the first time. Totally mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. And as an adult, when I've visited other tropical places, I'm like, whoa. Yep. And I zap yep. to being a five-year-old yep. boy. It's yep. crazy. <laughs> and nothing else does this. Like I have other childhood memories. And also I can't smell that well. Oh. Fun fact. <laughs> Deb, by the way, how's out. your nose post-surgery? Eh, I'm still struggling a little. Yeah. yeah. It's, she's not, I she's can not smell. over it yet. No. I, no. Okay. Yeah. Do you it, have other senses that are working? Like ears, uh, eyes, mouth, hands? Okay. Okay. The the legs are working pretty well, considering I've had three surgeries on them. Um, very arthritic fingers, but we're okay. We're, we're troopers. Um, oh. the, the one ear is Does that is mean good. it hurts to do jazz hands? Well... Oh. Maybe yeah, I should like be doing jazz hands. <laughs> Maybe I should be doing more jazz hands. Maybe it's the Your lack of jazz hands. Your jazz hands looks like a mime trapped in a box. I need yeah. to, offline. I need to give you a jazz hands lesson. You right. see it's a how sad. Oh. Yeah. Um. I got the one ear working. The other one not so much. The one eye working. The other one not so much. So I. It's a good day. No, a good she's day a mess. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. She's a mess. So I'll do it the wrong way and the right way. Wrong okay. way. Let me tell you about my eyes, ears, and arthritis. <laughs> right way. Deb, it sounds like a lot's going on. Oh. What would be helpful? Thank you. Um, well, glass of wine, Saturday night, you know? No? Absolutely. Uh, okay, thank you. Hashtag <laughs> well, I can, one o'clock. I can tell you 100%. My mother-in-law, two bad knees, went to surgery for one, got arthroscopic surgery, you know, da, da, da. she's yes, hard to say. Wasn't happy, complained about it, just hurt, how horrible it was. Then she needs to get the other knee done a oh. year later. And everybody in the village, because in Greece we have villages, is telling her, oh, we've had that surgery. Don't get that done. Go to this <sighs> guy. Now, this guy does it oh, the old no. traditional way. Oh, God. Opening is he going to sur- wrap her leg in garlic? No, no, no. This is going to the surgeon. The surgeon who just opens it up, rips everything out, you know, grinds everything Not down. Like, Chris, I'm yeah. a little squeamish. I don't want to yeah. faint on camera. But a horrible way. But because okay. everybody in the village who decided they'd had her exact surgery and knew exactly what she needed, she mm. listened to them and she mm. went. And it's been like a year and a half of her still bothering her. Mm. And that's like, I shouldn't have listened to them. 
<laughs> Instead of people well, just saying, oh, that's too bad. Well, hopefully the other yeah. one gets better. Here she went and listened to all the people who thought they oh, knew better. Yeah, exactly. And she was Oh, this miserable. is the cautionary tale. Yes. The danger of everyone's aggressive advice giving. Yes. Yes. Because they're all Sometimes the crowds don't know better. That's right. Yeah. I did want to ask you a question about your play. Please. Um. Well, you're in the hospice and they're telling stories. Is this also to show that every life is important because sure. these are, most of these are just ordinary people and people yeah, look at their 100%. lives as not being important because they didn't do mm-hmm. these spectacular mm-hmm. things that everybody else did. You know, they raised Chris, that's kids. a good insight for yes, sure. Um, one of the experiences that I noticed early on when I was training in chaplaincy was the variety of people I met. And mm. that included some people who had glamorous lives and exciting lives. Mm -hmm. I met a guy who claimed to be former CIA. Mm -hmm. At one point I ministered to a person who was a very famous labor leader, but I can't drop the name. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But he's probably in your old textbook. Guess what? Mm -hmm. He died. And before Mm -hmm. that, when he was in hospice care, he needed a chaplain. Mm -hmm. But that was the exception to the rule because most people aren't famous or celebrities. Right. Most right. people are just people. And so I remember um, ministering to uh, a guy who told me that his greatest success was paying off his mortgage and sending his oh. daughter to community college. Wow. And, um, you know, a woman who was married to a band leader. Mm-hmm. And so kind of had some interesting stories about it was exciting, but also complicated to be mm-hmm. the yeah. plus one for the guy who is the star. You know. Right. And then a lot of um, kind of regular life stories. I mean, Mm -hmm. every profession imaginable. Um, So returning to the fictional version of that real life experience, I wanted to have an ensemble cast. You know, I mentioned Chorus Line as one of the inspirations. So one of the magical things that the creators of Chorus Line did is they used real life interviews with dancers Mm -hmm. and then made them into songs that told the stories, like a Mm -hmm. monologue in a musical form. Which I love Chorus Line. Go on. Yes, it is. <laughs> to me, it's in the pantheon. It uh, like is. Top, it is. My top five, for sure. It is mine, too. Um, good. Um, so when I thought about different characters, th- this musical, of course, like all projects, didn't arrive fully formed. It began with song ideas. Mm-hmm. And so one, for instance, was a former congregant who shall remain nameless, but he went to hospice care partially under my suggestion and lived Mm -hmm. only another week. He had like a nasty (gasps) infection and it was one of these situations like they could cut off my leg and I might still die or I could just throw in the towel. Yeah. Yeah. And he chose to go to hospice and he lived a week before the infection took his life, but he was totally with it. Mm. Very friendly and made friends with everyone in the facility. Everyone knew his name by the time he died. And so I wrote that into a character whose song um, is kind of Frank Sinatra, Perry Como style, swinging, happy, uh-huh. up-tempo. Mm-hmm. And it's called um, My Last Week on Earth, parentheses, I'll Make a New Friend. And it's about, like, all he wants to do as his dying wish is to make more friends. God. Which is a surprisingly so up, inspiring, yeah, up, wow, uplifting gr- message. But there's also a little bit of a turn late in the song where he says, um, "Stay with me if you can." And mm. it's like a little bit of unexpected urgency where he goes mm. from the tada mm-hmm. to like the please, yeah, right. And kind 
I would assume it was kind of, um, I don't really believe this is happening to me until you start to feel it. Yeah. And, yeah. and also there's a real life. I don't know if you've ever experienced this when visiting someone, whether it's in a hospital nursing home setting, or even just like, I don't know, like your kid who's in need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're done with the visit and they're not. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, I yeah. mean, kids do it in elementary school all oh, the time. Yeah. They're like, I'm not done talking to you. And you're like, yeah. but we're moving on. Right, so right, right. Yeah. in chaplaincy, there is a, it sounds crass, but like there's a protocol because you're a right. clinician. Mm-hmm. Right. You have a lot of people to visit. Yep. Right. And yeah. in one of my songs, I, I say like, you can tell me your secrets if I earn your trust. And, but, but um, it's like, I don't have a lot of time. Man, I'm quoting my own lyrics badly, yeah. but, right. yeah. but the point is like, I don't have a lot of time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that reality is built mm-hmm. in to every visit in life, whether the person is dying or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it goes from it's very light and breezy to all of a sudden like, wait, 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 don't go. Right. Um, so I, I put that into that that swinging song. Yeah. I used to draw blood. I was a phlebotomist in a hospital and I'd go room to room. And I wasn't very good at it for the simple reason is I felt so bad leaving. They'd start mm. talking and they would need <laughs> company. I, I, I was there were times it was like I was so late getting the, the exit blood downstairs. The can be super awkward, yeah. right? It was awful, and I just I felt awful. I felt so yeah. bad for. Yeah. And it was usually an older person who just wanted to chat, and they, yeah. you know, they were just they being sweet. They always want to talk. Yeah, and, yeah, that's oh, yeah, a tricky they, thing. Yeah, I remember uh, talking about that in chaplaincy class. Like, how do you leave? And the answer yeah. is, you you develop techniques. If mm-hmm. the person's really with it, you announce at the beginning of the visit how much time you might hope. To, you know, I'm hoping to visit for about half an hour or so. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll have a nice conversation. We might sing a little bit. We might do a prayer at the end if that's interesting mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. And then if you know, in some settings, if the person's really with it, mm-hmm. you know, I worked at. I did one internship at a long-term care place where they weren't actively dying. They had all the time in the world. Mm, So if they were ready to chat, I could do an hour at them. I mean, I needed to earn my hours. I was in no hurry. And so (laughs) for those visits, I broke some of the rules in terms of Mm -hmm. going longer. But like that, that did no harm in terms of your job, phlebotomist, if you had to stick to a schedule... You had to learn how to keep it moving. Yeah, um, diplomacy. And th- exactly, and that, and th- that's extra hard when you can tent when you can tell the person you're visiting um, is loving you and loving mm. the attention. Yeah, that yeah. can feel painful as the visitor to say, "I have loved this visit, and yeah. I'm so sorry, but I need to go now." Yeah, yes, yep. for sure. Past tense. <laughs> I yeah. Let me ask you this, and I'm sure it's Please. happened, but. When you were in hospice and everything, okay, you've got people telling, you know, you'd ask them about things that happened in their life and what might seem minor to them, but they tell you a story about it. Do you run into a lot of people with a lot of regrets or a lot of... Sure. To Mm. quote my song, what are you proud of? Are you Mm. carrying shame? Mm, And those are two very big twin themes, right? When you ask someone all about their life, Mm -hmm. it's not like a Hallmark movie for most people. Right. So most people at the time of doing a life review, they're going to have both. It's it's that Dickens thing again, the Mm -hmm. best and the worst of times. So they're going to be able to tell you the highlights and depending on how they feel, maybe the lowlights, too. Yeah. So I would hear from things and, and you asked specifically about regret. So regret is very powerful. The woman I should have married, the job I should have taken, 
the house I should have bought when the market, you know, when the prices were reasonable, (laughs) the stock I didn't buy and so forth. Like many of us have those stories, whether Mm -hmm. they're real or apocryphal, they loom large in mm -hmm, our mm -hmm. personal narratives. Um, I know like to take my own story, I have a rather zigzag kind of professional life. I sometimes wonder what would have happened had I Mm -hmm. stuck it out in Northwestern Conservatory. Who the hell knows? Because you can't do a (laughs) randomized trial to to get a second try. I ended up very happy at Brown. Like, great. But like, sometimes I wonder when I meet conservatory trained musicians, like, what would that have looked like? I don't know. It's not like a deep regret, but it is a thing that I wonder about. Um, Curiosity. Of course. So people, when they're looking at a a life of 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, they're going to have some highlights and lowlights. And part of what is therapeutic about the life review process, why we are trained as beginner chaplains to do these structured interviews, it it is understood to be helpful and reassuring for a dying person to have another caring individual sit at rapt attention as they Mm. tell their life story. That's Think so about nice. how validating that is. Oh God. That we're not it's not just limited to the celebrities who get a memoirist to listen to them. Right. Or the famous people who get an obit writer to write the obit after the case. Mm-hmm. Everyone as, as my message goes, deserves to have their story heard, including the painful stuff. Right. Because yes. life is not easy peasy lemon squeezing. Yeah, it's to quote the great Rabbi Axel Rose, every rose has its thorn. Wait, he... Yes, it does. Poison, not Axel Rose. Come on. Oh, right. It's Brett Michaels. Oh, no. Oh, what is wrong with Brett you? Michaels, yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's oh, okay. Oh. For all of you who are cooler than me, I apologize. We could In my defense, that I sang it nice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I misattributed it. <laughs> hey, speaking of singing, can I sing a song from the show? You want to hear? Yeah. <laughs> we, we do want to. We, we want to. Do. Any more questions, Deb? Because we want to write this no. song I want you to sing to, for us. I think yeah. Deb told you. I just wanted to say that I think that part of the regrets and wanting to talk about that, I think they, they're looking for some sort of closure um, from this life. And, and I, I just totally get that. Um, yeah, yeah. that is a universal, um, let me say this. I I think a lot of us, if, and when we think about our own death, we want something again, I keep invoking Hallmark, let's say more broadly Mm -hmm. Hollywood, um, that looks peaceful and easy. Mm -hmm. Um, rest assured, I try my best to make things look peaceful and easy on stage, Mm -hmm. but not without some of the painful emotional terrain. So I, I, and I think all of us, um, look, if you're concerned about difficult versus easy, free advice, if you haven't already consider getting an advanced directive, putting it in your will, if you don't have a will, get one written tomorrow or today. Hmm. Um, because none of us know when we're going to get sick or God forbid die. Hmm. Um, but it will happen in the future and you can't do that after the fact. Okay. Um, related uh, soapbox I put in every interview. If you have a loved one who's currently older or currently ill, or currently injured and, and struggling in their recuperation, mm-hmm. please visit them. Mm-hmm. And if you can't muster visiting them, use FaceTime. And if you don't want to look at them, use a phone. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many ways 
Sorry if that sounded yeah. scoldy. No, but like no, we it's all want the, everybody. Yeah. The tone is only because I've been there at yeah, funerals so oh. many times where people my age and a bit older and a bit younger tell me how sad they are oh. that yep. they didn't reach out when he was he or she when they were alive. Yeah, they thought oh. they that they would be able to. You know that yeah. oh that per- they'll be fine tomorrow. No, tomorrow is not guaranteed. I mean, you were talking about seize the day and that whole bit as an implied message. I think that's true. And, um, you know, like we talked about COVID sort of shaking up so much stuff. I think the third area that I didn't touch on, COVID put mortality in everyone's face. I was just going to say that. Center. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it not only I put mortality, to... it also made people realize that um, when they didn't allow you to go to the hospital to see people and everything, mm-hmm. how yeah. short, you know, how that yeah. how that would impact you. you Holy know? moly, how painful it was. Yes. Um, a lot of chaplains, at the time that COVID happened, I was at the tail end of my chaplaincy work Mm -hmm. and then they were like okay so you can pivot to all phones and ipads and i was like "Mm, Mm. no thanks i've got other jobs but i know other chaplains who did and they worked all throughout covid yeah and they were the ones arranging virtual funerals and they were doing prayers with ipads and people with hazmat suits i mean it was Mm. bananas yeah um but they did all of that brave work because they knew while they couldn't save lives um the lives of the dying patients were still precious while they were still with us. Exactly. And remember that chaplains don't just minister to the sick and the dying. It's also the family. We call the family ecosystem. So the people who were outside of the isolation ward in tears as the ventilator was removed, they were probably standing next to a chaplain. Oh God. Um, And so like we went through some very intense times. We, the Royal, we, the, all of us people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think whether you were unlucky and went through losing a loved one and had to walk through that tragedy with the particular painful aspects of virtual funerals and no visitation, Mm -hmm. like that was super complicated grief and Mm -hmm. oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. But everyone else, then you knew people who went through that. Right. Right. I was a um, working and then former cantor providing pastoral care for community members who were going through this with a virtual funeral or I can't visit. Like, so even though COVID didn't kill anyone I knew, Mm -hmm. I knew people who knew people who died. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Um, So we all went through that. And then, and the other thing I I need to mention is that a lot of, I tell this story a lot. Uh, When I was an intern working the rehab floor, among others, I would mm-hmm. meet people who were like healthy older people uh-huh. who were only there because they had just fallen and broken their hip. Oh, so their source of pain was basically temporary disability mm-hmm. and like a a rude awakening, like, oh crap, now I'm old. Right. And they right. would mm-hmm. say like, I felt healthy and I was playing tennis until I fell mm-hmm. and I broke my hip and now I'm here and now I'm in a wheelchair. So they had a particular kind of grief and loss Mm -hmm. related to disability and pain. Mm -hmm. But they would always say, I felt young until I got hurt. Until that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we can all relate. I mean, I felt indestructible in college until I nearly got killed in an accident. Right. Mm -hmm. And then my immortality was done. Right. 
Yeah. Or I feel young until what you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So during COVID, a lot of people who didn't feel elderly, let's mm-hmm. say maybe in the 60 to 80 age range, mm-hmm. yep. they're like, oh, I'm an active senior. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden they were dying and dropping like flies. Yep. Oh, and sorry to be crass about it, but like mm-hmm. it upended a lot of assumptions about aging right. and mm-hmm. mortality. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of conversations with people who were like, people my age are not supposed to die. Right. And I'm right. like, yes. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yes, you're right. But so the reality, yeah. Yeah, and I and and I think it's it was a reality check, Deb, for like oh, yeah. for people in all kinds of ways. For sure. Um, but I, I would say like as much as the COVID pandemic upended my hoped for trajectory for this project, it also brought the theme of the project front and center to the entire yeah, theater know. going public. Yeah, <laughs> Whether they wanted to or not, everyone's dealing with mortality. So yeah. now I've got a musical. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's the hopeful thing. Um, but, yeah. you know, it's uh, we went through a thing. And, we did. Um, Everybody, every generation went through through a thing. Ours was very odd, but it was a thing. It was a blip. We all know where we were when they shut everything down. (laughs) Yeah, we sure do. I remember that. Yeah, when our schools closed, when our workplaces closed, when our favorite restaurants stopped serving. Yeah. Takeout's not the same because they have such a nice ambiance. That's right. Well, that, you know, you get the takeout and it was cheesy. They put less food in it. And it's cold and it's you know, it's not the same. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you but, st- and but you can't send it back because nope. you know they're barely hanging on. You got to be know. nice and you got to tip them. But like, how much do I tip? And it- so many first world problems. My <laughs> <Yeah>. God, <laughs> so I true. will say we loved the first month of cl- lockdown. I think the first month a lot of people like, did. I think you know yeah. it was so it nice. Felt like summer camp, right? Yeah, I get to rest. This I get to get- sleep in. Ooh, work in my pajamas. We get to make up a school. Yeah, out of whole cloth. And uh, well, that and it was an excuse just to use. You know, we had so many celebrities putting stuff online. You know, suddenly there were all these specials on TV, and you, you were like. Go ahead. Go chill on the computer. Who cares? Yes. We're not allowed yeah. to go outside. A lot go of musicians exactly. and performers were throwing content yeah. free mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was great that first month, but then it kind of yeah. sucked after they started then to Then it say, got a little dark, got yeah. a little repetitive. Because yeah. you were allowed to do certain things, but almost everything you couldn't do. So you got a little oh, bit of freedom, yeah. but not much. So mm. I don't know. That was, a t- right. that was a tough time for sure. And, you know, my hope... As much as I love talking to the two of you, and it's a yes and. It's not an either <laughs> Yes and. I love talking to you now, and I also hope in the future when this play has continued to grow yeah, um, that it is a funny little part of the story of the evolution of the show. I imagine there are a lot of projects with oh. their creators also hoping for the same. They're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, this COVID pause right. <laughs> was a thing we dealt. And now we're gangbusters. Yeah. Um, I will say um, a, a very auspicious sign shortly after the world opened up. I was accepted to the Asheville Fringe Festival. Wow. So I was one of a couple musicals there. Oh, and nice. So I did the one-man show. Good for okay, um, good. Yeah. So exciting to be at a Fringe Festival because these are like my fellow travelers. Right. Um, Normal people, when you say, I made a musical about hospice, they go, ooh. <laughs> or they go, that's a joke, right? And yeah. I'm like, it's surprisingly funny, but not a joke. Um, 
But French people, they don't flinch because they're used right. to stuff so much so, weirder yeah, than yeah, a hospice yeah, yeah. musical. Yep, they're like, so oh, true. in my act, I'm juggling um, 3D printed entrails. Right. Like, yeah. cool. <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know, but it's fringy. Great. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I've never felt more normal in my life than being at a fringe festival. Um, aw, conspicuously yeah. so. But, Amazing. you know, so now I'm trying to bring that one man show to more audiences and I'm also looking for theatrical partners. Um, if you're listening and you're involved in a, uh, a theater or a production company that does original works, get in touch from my website. I am looking for some partners now for the coming mm -hmm. year uh, for both workshop and more fully realized productions. LifereviewMusical.com. Um, that's your website? LifereviewMusical.com. Okay. What other, uh, where else can people find you? Yeah, Where's so I'm on Instagram. That's how yes. we got connected. <laughs> Heart at LifereviewMusical. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of photos about the production, occasional yeah. clips, um, mm -hmm. a whole lot of podcasts, apparently. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty easy to get in touch with, and I'll have a, a funny conversation with you. Um. I have a, a wonderful website that I mentioned, and I guess now I should say like uh, Instagram once more. And um, <laughs> should I go for a third time mentioning the two? No, I think twice. You is might enough. want to mention that website again. I don't think anybody Life Review Musical. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear a song. All right, do you want funny or do you want uh, moving? What are you feeling? Oh, I don't know. I kind of felt like the end. Okay. Because it was the end of the show. Yeah, that's Should perfect. Should we go for that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good news. Amazing. I charged up my uh, my pianist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you better pronounce that right before you say I charged up my dot, dot, dot. Um, <laughs> oh, this is amazing. I feel like on this episode, there are fewer slightly inappropriate jokes than usual, and I'm supplying most of them. Is it because of the topic matter? <laughs> it's probably the topic matter. Yeah. But I think... Yeah, I think it probably. I think we're honestly like the serious answer is that I I'm, I'm totally engaged with what we're talking about. Yeah, but me too. I'm like focused for the first time in my life, Chris. Probably you too. Oh. So we're well, not for the first time, but <laughs> absolutely. I I have to say I was absolutely fascinated with the whole conversation. Yeah, exactly. I have a whole new respect. Absolutely. Yeah. For chap, I, I'm not going to say it. Chaplaincy. Thank you. For, oh wait, wait. For what? Oh, what did you call it in the beginning? Um. Oh, he called it something. I can't remember what it was. Uh, pastoral support. Pastoral, pastoral care. Yes. Pastoral care. Pastoral Thank care. you. Pastoral care. Remember, Ooh, pastoral but... is like the sheep overlooking right. the flock. Yeah. Ex I was going for pastor, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's me too. Probably the same root. <laughs> right. Probably actually probably. the Pastor, yeah, pastor, yeah, yeah. pastoral, yeah. all of it. Yeah. But I have a whole new... Really, uh, I'm not religious. <laughs> <laughs> but... I've always been kind of not a big fan of um, going to church when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So I always, even when my mother was passing, we didn't bring in a priest, mm -hmm. but I was never offered a chaplain. Mm. Never occurred and to, didn't, I didn't know, know you had the, the option, right? I didn't know the option or anything yeah, like that, or, that anyone explained it. Yeah. You don't have amazing. to be like a card carrying uh, church or synagogue or mosque member right. to get the chaplain services. Right. Usually yeah, it's offered at, at, in a clinical setting, but you're you're not the first person to to state I'm not religious dot 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 mm -hmm. before also admitting you might benefit from some spiritual care. Right. I certainly engage with a lot of folks who are 
lapsed fill in the blanks, mostly Catholics, because I was in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of Italians and Irish, um, but regard and Portuguese. But regardless of the ethnicity, um, like I said earlier in our conversation, um, it it's the the essential struggle of our human journey mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is similar regardless of how yeah. involved you are with a house of worship. Exactly. And when we approach that end of life moment, whether it's us or our loved ones, it brings up some big questions that might have us thinking beyond what the here and now, the here right. on earth. Absolutely. So yeah. so that experience, Chris, is not at all unusual. Um, I think it's surprising because sometimes we conflate all of the church industrial mm-hmm. complex and our right. personal experience with our childhood church or synagogue or mosque going mm-hmm. with a sense of a religious or even spiritual worldview. Exactly. And a lot of times as we do seeking, especially like in our adulthood life, if we've decided like going to church or synagogue or mosque is not for us, many of us seek meaning in other kinds of ways. That's right. Exactly. Right? I think that's exactly what I meant by when I said I'm not religious. I really meant yeah. I'm not a church yeah. church going member. That's yeah. right. But it's not, People, I'm not, you know. One of the funniest things about being a clergy person, when they find out, they're like, let me start apologizing for all of my <laughs> yes. shortcomings yeah, as yeah, a yeah. religious person. They're, like, if I had a dollar for every time someone literally said, I'm a terrible Jew, I would have like at least one hundred and twelve dollars, like maybe one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Um, it's just like reflexive, um, but you're not whether whatever your faith tradition. Like, I, yeah. And this is my own personal feelings. I I don't f- believe strongly in a in the Old Testament God who's like throwing um, mm-hmm. lightning bolts lightning and bolts. smiting people <laughs> for small infractions. Yeah. Those stories to me are deeply tr- troubling. You know, right. like Aaron's yeah. sons, they mess up a ritual and they die by fire. That's in the Old Testament. Yeah. Like, that's some effed up ish, <laughs> as the kids say. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in that God. I think that's meant to be an apocryphal story, meant to teach a lesson, like listen to your priests and don't mess with ritual, which also is a troubling. Uh, yeah. Again, Again but another yeah. big problem. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that's meant to say that like when we are suffering, mm-hmm. we might feel confused because of those childhood messages about Mm, good and evil and reward and punishment. Mm -hmm, But I don't think this is just one person of faith speaking to you and all of your listeners. I Mm -hmm. don't think that's how it works Mm -hmm. because I met Mm -hmm. so many people of deep faith who Mm -hmm. turn old and sick and die. And I met so many atheists who turn old and sick and die. (laughs) Right. And everyone in between, because Spoiler alert, everybody dies in the end. And there you go. <laughs> All right, let's launch into that song. Let's launch into the song. Okay, the name of the song is In the End, I Thank You. It's the Aww. closing number of Hospice of Life Review, the Hospice musical. I'm going to take out one ear so I can hear myself Now, sing when this hits the stage, you are inviting us, yes? What? When you are on stage, you are inviting us, yes? Um, meaning, am I comping you the Broadway tickets? No, no, just send us an invitation. I'll be happy to pay. For um, me as well. I plan on letting all of my podcast friends know. It feels like okay. there's a lot of podcast love. There so is. Like, shout out to all my podcast friends. Yeah. There is. Yeah. Yes. If we don't support um, each other, who's going to support us, really? That's right. <laughs> all yes. right, let's hear it. 
give a thumbs up if you can hear the piano. Can you go a little higher? No. Uh, yes. Take two. <laughs> That'll probably be okay. Oh, yeah. In the end, I thank you for loving me every day. In the end, I thank you so close yet far away. In the end, I thank you for hearing hopes and sorrows. In the end, I thank you for just being here. Pray for me, hold my hand. Stand with me while I can stand. Rest is coming soon. I thank you for letting me be in your room. Light of your hopes, bright in the gloom. In the end, I thank you for seeing through the nonsense. In the end, I thank you for being your holy self. In the end, I thank you, my newest best friend. In the end, I thank you for grace in the end. Pray for me, hold my hand. Stand with me while I can stand. Rest is coming soon. I thank you for letting me be in your room. Light of your hopes, bright in the gloom. So grateful to have met you, wonderful you, wonderful you. In the end, I thank you. Thank you for your love. In the end, I thank you. Thank you over and over again. In the end, I thank you. Thank you for the love. In the end, I thank you. Over and over again, I thank you. Oh, oh I thank you. I thank you. Oh, oh I thank you. I thank you, oh, I thank you, I thank you. Oh my God, we thank you too. Thank you too. <laughs> oh my God, Ben. I almost don't want to say anything else. I just want to leave on that amazing note, literally. It's been a oh, joy. Was thank you so fabulous. much. So moving. Thank, thank you, Ben. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, honestly. It's been a, joy and a blessing, Deb and Jen. Deb and Chris? Yeah. Oh my gosh! That's coming out. You know what, Chris? You remind me of a Jen. You can call me <laughs> I don't like know if Joe that's good or bad, but I'll take that's it. That's what I say to yeah. my kids. Way to ruin a beautiful moment. <laughs> Let me try no. again. Deb, Chris, if that's your name, I thank you for this beautiful time. I so enjoyed it. Oh, we loved Love having it. you. Thank you so much. Of course, we have like a million more questions, but that just means we have more research to do. <laughs> we, uh, you can we find love me on Instagram. You. I'll yeah. answer. Do you happen to have a website? <laughs> I do. LifereviewMusical.com. <laughs> Thank you so I'm much. Also on Instagram. With <laughs> do you have merch? The question is, do you have merch? <laughs> um, I should. Yeah. You should have merch. You Thank will you, have merch. Yeah. 
I need no, more. that was Jen. Jen's always talking about the merch. <laughs> Her alter ego, the rabid capitalist. Actually, Chris is nice. Jen's the one who's like, merch, merch, yeah, merch. Give me the merch. <laughs> All hey, right. I feel like we might have a touchback for future episodes. Let me hear if I... Because now yeah. you can talk about that time when Jen showed up. For the yeah. end of- <laughs> Who's this Jen? And what is she doing? On a- there's only two hosts, but now there's three. So now there's it three. is spooky season. It is it totally. Yeah, I'm ready for it. <laughs> All right. Less spooky than you thought. Ben. I, uh, true. Indeed. <laughs> very much so. I'm almost looking forward to it. <laughs> what? Your My hospice care. The musical. <laughs> Halloween. What, are, what is the it I in myself sentence? am waiting for Halloween and the musical because I love myself a good Broadway show. So. Yes. Okay. And Deb, how do you answer that question? What are you looking forward to? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I don't even remember what I was talking about, but just but we're I'm talking glad about you're hospice. Looking well, yeah, right. That is a good place yeah. to look so you don't trip. Yeah. Hospice care because it's just, it's like, screw it. I, you know? Not me. <laughs> Not it quite ready to Sounds like care, Deb okay. is ready, willing, and able. <laughs> and uh, to Chris die. is on that classic river called Denial, but you'll be there. <laughs> Paddling away. Listen, Jen and I are in the boat. We're happy. We're going. Yeah, but you're paddling oh, you against the stream. Amazing. Yeah. Jen's a strong Jen's rower. Jen's wearing the, uh, the t-shirt. That's right. She's selling the merch. We're dying in the canoe. Wearing our merch. All Jen right. sells merch could be a good title for this episode. If you want to totally so. throw them. Thanks so much. Honestly, such a blessing having you. Thank you for all this new information. So much to reflect on. Uh, Chris, I, really I think that it. today, sorry, <laughs> yeah, I didn't let you talk, T- or Ben and Chris, I really think that today we can definitely say that we laughed and learned all about chaplaincy, end of life care, and a great new musical, Life Review Musical. Perfect. Perfect. Yay. <laughs> Look, it's our third co-host. Okay. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh. All right, everyone. Bye. You forgot to say goodbye, Dad. Oh, bye. Bye, <laughs> bye everyone. <laughs>